Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Brian, joined by John and Brad, as always, to review the biannual Misery and Sadness Bowl and then talk about the Panthers versus the Patriots this week. Brad, how are you doing on this fine evening? I am great, Brian. How are you? I'm just splendid. John, how are you? Pretty good, Brian. How about yourself? Great. Great. So let's just get right on to it. So the Panthers... As I said before, and this is a term that I'm going to push for the, as long as I can until one of the teams is not terrible. The Panthers won the biannual Misery and Sadness Bowl Part 1 against the Falcons this week. It was a very, very, very ugly game. The Panthers' defense looked good, though, so that's always good. They uh, Let me pull up the stats real quick. I, didn't, I apologize. I did, my phone did not have them in front of me. It's my phone's fault, not my fault. So the Panthers won... 19 to 13 in Atlanta. So that is a win because Carolina has had really had a tough time beating Atlanta, especially in Atlanta over the last several seasons. Um, Sam Darnold threw for 129 yards. So he's still doing that whole, not throwing for not throwing so great, but he didn't have any turnovers. So that's good. Panthers. Well, I mean, he didn't he throw the game early much Brian. because they, they really didn't let him throw no they like, ran the ball 47 times we ran yep. the ball 47 times <laughs> like we intentionally avoided sam darnold throwing the ball darnold ran eight times as well which to put it into context he threw the ball 24 times so that's there's some sort of joke in there about him is is he actually is he more of a running back than a quarterback type of thing but yeah i mean he did lead the team. nfl in rushing touchdowns for four weeks so Average 8.3 yards per carry. So you've got to wonder if he's really more of just an athlete playing quarterback than an actual quarterback. Certainly I, I've there. seen him throw, so the the it does check <laughs> out that he may just be an athlete. Once again, Robbie Anderson didn't do a goddamn thing on offense. <laughs> the He caught the onside kick. He did catch the onside catch. kick. That's true. That that was a catch. He didn't drop that. Did so, they even throw to Robbie Anderson? They threw it to him yeah. once. Because I remember making I think, a joke in like the first half, you can't drop the ball if they don't throw it to you or something like that. I think they would have technically thrown it to him twice because they probably didn't count the time when he got literally murdered as a target because it was a penalty. 
That's true. Maybe yeah, you're did. right. But maybe they did. there was if no penalty. As... Oh, you're right. So then that was his only target was when he just got literally murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he he it was clean hit. It was legal. But man, they that should probably be a penalty because he stood <laughs> no shot at protecting himself. Yeah, Sam Darnold has got, had a real problem this year with uh, call him the hospital passes because that's happened to Anderson a couple times, and that happened to uh, Terrace Marshall as well. It also happened to um, Brandon Zilstra as well. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Sam Darnold just doesn't like Robbie Anderson. Like we, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> he targeted him like he taught. He had like Anderson had like a fuck ton of targets the first few weeks of the season. He just never caught a whole lot. It was like a middle couple. He didn't. He did, he got like he had like a he had so he had like didn't have very many for the first few weeks, and then when we started playing poorly, he got targeted more. And then I don't know. And Sam was just like, never mind. Let's go back to not throwing you the ball. Yeah. There was one <laughs> game where they threw to him like 15 times. Yep. And he caught three balls. <laughs> one of, which two of those, game. the Minnesota, the Minnesota game. game. Yeah. And two of those were on the final drive where we went down the field and tied it before that. He only had one catch. Yeah. And one the of Minnesota them was game. Touchdown. He had Minnesota game. He had three catches on 11 targets for 11, 11 targets. Yards. Yeah. For 11 yards. And he had three one catches. catch on nine targets for four yards or three yards or something like that before the last drive. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But anyway, as far as the offense. That's why goes, we ran the ball 47 times against the Falcons, by the way. And th- that was without Christian McCaffrey as well. So, um, yeah. And right. the very, the literal, the first play of the fucking game Chuba Hubbard coughs it up on the turf. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. <laughs> I I was actually surprised the Panthers managed to come back and win because that just that just reeked of a classic Carolina Panthers meltdown from like the first play because they've had yeah. that happen over the fast last few seasons. Um, you know what's funny? I I think I went to like get food or something, so I came back like right after the game started, and I come in and like the Falcons have the ball are like or like lining up to kick a field goal or whatever. I'm like, all right, you know, they move the ball down the field pretty quick, whatever. And then I like realized later on, like I didn't even realize until like near the end of the first half. It's like, no, we actually got the ball first. Cause I yeah. thought I only missed, like I, I came in like five minutes late and thought the Falcons had just moved up the field pretty quickly, but no, I just missed an entire Panthers possession. Well, you missed one play, but yeah, yes, that amounted to, <laughs> yes, it was a yeah. full a one play possession. I will say though, one positive for the offense. Zane Gonzalez fucking rocked. Yeah. He kicked four of four on field goals, one of which was a career-long 57-yard field goal. And he made the only extra point because the Panthers continued to suck at scoring in the red zone. Um, we make Zane Gonzalez's legs stronger after we acquired him. Apparently. Because the first game that we he was here, I guess, I think it was the Saints game, uh, he just he couldn't even kick a kickoff like to the end zone. And then now he's out here just bombing 50 yarders. Was he on a practice squad when we picked him up or was yes. he? Okay. Cause I, my theory was maybe that he had just taken a couple of weeks off and was out of like game shape. And it just took him a week or two to, to get back into it. You know, that, but, that could still hmm. be the case though. Cause, cause I got... mean, he like, he has gotten progressively better with each passing week. Yeah. 
uh, I know that he lost the job in Arizona. So I think that might have something that that theory could have some uh, some legs to it because he wouldn't have been kicking for the last few weeks. Yeah. And I mean, as long as it's nothing egregious and our coverage unit can get down there, I'm fine with him not kicking it into the end zone. I will trade that for accuracy on field goals because that's way more important. Yeah, and the coverage team hasn't sucked either. I think they just yeah. needed a week to realize, oh fuck, we're gonna have to actually field kicks now. Yeah, we're so. we're used to Joey Sly kicking it into the fourth row. We're we're gonna have to actually <laughs> pay attention. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But let's turn it over to the defense because that was the highlight of the game. Normally, the Falcons like to score a lot of points on the Panthers, and uh, the defense this week had Shaq Thompson return from injury. They had their first snaps since acquiring Stefan Gilmore. Um, and it was a good, it was a very, very good overall game. I mean, even with struggles on offense, they had three sacks on defense. Hassan Reddick continues to blow it up as far as being a defensive player in the NFC. Shaq Thompson led the team with 10 tackles, one tackle for a loss. He actually had an interception as well, which very well timed. And, uh, Stephon Gilmore had the game-saving interception, which one thing I do want to bring up real quick for any Panthers fans who weren't on Twitter today to listen to Stephon Gilmore's uh, answers to some questions. Or I, I guess it wasn't him; it was Phil Snow. But so Stephon Gilmore actually uh, shadowed um, Kyle Pitts on Sunday. He he didn't play that much, but he did come out. When he did come out, he was all over Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts only caught one ball. Though there was the one penalty that turned into a first down and there was a pass that he definitely could have caught if Matt Ryan threw a better pass. Stefan Gilmore just went to the coaching staff and said, give me Kyle Pitts. I fucking love that. Yes. That is defensive swagger. And I, I see the reason why they brought him in because they're using him as like a, a rental to replace JC Horn. Cause what he was doing when he was in was what JC Horn was doing the first few games. He would, they would pick a receiver and he was just on him no matter where he went left side, right side, inside. He was everywhere. So definitely very excited for the prospects of Stefan Gilmore playing some more snaps this week against his former team. The Panthers secondary seems to be returning back to form now that they have some guys coming back healthy and uh defensive line played extremely well against the good Falcons front. So Yeah, it's funny how that works when the offense can stay on the field for more than three plays at a time. The defense has a chance to to sit on the sideline for a few minutes. It's it's amazing how much better they can be. Yeah, running the ball 47 times and uh, having a good defense seems like we're back to 2003 all over again. And I mean, I'm honestly fine with that. The game was over at like 3.58 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll take that all day, like every week. I'm fine with that. Same. Very much same. Just a very boring two hours and 58 minutes. I'm, I would much rather have a boring two hours and 58 minutes than an exciting four hours. <laughs> I mean, I personally enjoyed it too, just because I, the one thing I have taken away from this season that I've really enjoyed in most games was their, their secondary has been lights out in a lot of games. Like, something that I haven't gotten to see in a long time in Carolina. So I I've been happy with at least getting to watch that. Even if the offensive game is hard to watch, at least I get to see 
how they deploy their secondary now that they have a bunch of pieces, which is something I've been screaming about for about as long as our podcast has been airing. So I'm cool with that. Very happy. On the off- offense, hard to watch. It seems very nice. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be even harder to watch this week because uh, Sam Darnold's in the concussion protocol and his shoulder's fucked up too. And apparently those two injuries, they're worried about them equally. So that's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the concussion is one thing, but if his shoulder is messed up too, I mean, we may see him on injured reserve and we might be watching PJ Walker play for quite a while. On the surface, I like the idea of we are equally as concerned about the shoulder injury as we are this brain injury. Yeah. Like, (laughs) priorities. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what does that mean? Like, is is his brain injury not that serious, or is is his shoulder injury... Like life threatening. Like you know, why why are they equally bad? You know, yeah, like which way is that going? It has to be a very a super mild brain injury or a very serious shoulder injury for those to like approach the same like yeah. ramifications. I mean, I guess from like a football perspective, you're like, yeah, he could be over the concussion in like a week or two, even if he's got like long lasting effects that don't affect him in football. We really only care about the football part. Yeah. Yeah. He can't throw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know how he, on the play where he got hit and sustained the concussion, I don't know how he was still in the game at that point because the play before that, he got hit hard on that one too, and his head bounced off the ground. And then he got hit again. I think it was like two plays later, if I remember right. And I, I was not surprised at all when they said he had a concussion. Like it, well, yeah. After that last that last hit was that last like, yeah, hit, that's was, a concussion. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I hope he's okay. And I just, I don't. They haven't officially ruled him out yet. Uh, he's been limited in practice, but there's no way he's playing on Sunday. No. No. And if you want to know just how much faith <laughs> that that Sam Darnold puts in the Panthers' offense, the opening line for this game was. New England were three point favorites. When it came out that Darnold was in the concussion protocol, the line moved to three and a half points. <laughs> you gotta love it when your starting quarterback is basically they're just like a half a point. D- yeah. Does that even it's like they're just like, okay, and yeah. Does that they, matter? They they basically were like, Well, let's move it to three and a half so people will bet on this game. Yeah. Cause you know, I it's just I, 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 yeah, I don't know that. I don't know if that's a ringing endorsement or not, but I, you know, I would definitely not call it a ringing endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that McCaffrey might be back for this game have some, might have something to do with the, I think that, that, you know, all jokes aside, I think that is what, why it didn't go from three and a half to like nine. Um, but I think yeah, though, I, McCaffrey, being but back I think it was a big thing. I do, but it was probably like Darnold plus McCaffrey, and then it's now not Darnold plus McCaffrey, and they're still like, eh, well, it's yeah, same Darnold's cares? not helping any. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, even though I, I know for a fact that Vegas is not taking this into account, just to call on friend of the show, Spencer, who was supposed to be on, but is apparently deathly ill tonight, uh, Bill Belichick does not know how to play against quarterbacks who can run the ball, and PJ Walker can do that. So maybe someone in Vegas is maybe Spencer has some strings there that he's pulling being like Bill Belichick doesn't know how to play quarterbacks like him, like PJ Walker. So 
Or Sam Donald. You can run. Remember? We just talked yeah. about that. Yeah. Leading rusher. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh let's talk about the Patriots game. I want to preface the Patriots game by saying that the last time that PJ Walker started a game for the Panthers, they won twenty to nothing. Because PJ Walker played so well, right? Because PJ but- Walker played well, he, he played. Uh, he was the starting quarterback. He threw two really bad. <laughs> he threw. He threw two really bad interceptions in that game. He had the refreshing throws down the field we weren't seeing from Teddy Bridgewater. So I will give him that. But yeah, he he, he didn't look good. It was also against the Lions, which yeah. Well, one thing I think he might, and I know some of the Panthers media are also purporting this idea. This week, they've been preparing him to be the starter all week. Like, he's been taking the first team snaps every practice. That might make some bit of a difference. Whereas when we played the Lions, they were still kind of teasing that Teddy might start. And, like, they've all but said, you know, P.J. Walker is going to start this game. So it might make a little bit of a difference. But I've also seen him play twice now this year, and I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. It'll look much different, but the we're going to fail in a different way. Problem. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fine though. Like <laughs> I mean, to- he came in. He came into the game against the Falcons, and the first thing he did was almost throw an interception to lose the game. <laughs> he tried so hard to throw an interception on first and goal from the five <laughs> yard line. He almost just gave the game away. Like all you gotta do is hand it off to Chuba. Like just give it to Chuba. But yeah, I'm not looking forward to this game. No, it's not gonna be fun. Um, we'll get to see Mac Jones. Like you know, we'll get to see what okay. might have been. There were reports that uh, there was something I saw on Twitter come up about uh, Justin Fields and Mac Jones. And apparently because uh, Matt Rule said something along the lines of that, he after seeing Mac Jones, he felt he'd be a successful NFL quarterback, which obviously riled up the fans who didn't want to see the Panthers take J.C. Horn and take a quarterback. And uh, there were some insiders out there who said the Panthers definitely weren't taking Mac Jones if they're going to take a quarterback at eight. So take that as you will. I thought we kind of had decided after with the way things were handled at the draft that um, they probably wanted one of the guys that went top three. And then because they exercise, they like exercise the option on Sam Donald at the, on like during day two of the draft, like there, it was like they were hanging on to see if like Lance would drop or something. And then when he didn't we're like, nah, we're fine. And then they exercise the option on Sam Donald's contract. Yep. Yeah, they want to Trey Lance. Yep. I will maintain that forever. They wanted Trey Lance, and when San Francisco traded up, they knew they weren't going to get Trey Lance, and so they looked at they looked elsewhere. They did not want Mac Jones, and they did not want Justin Fields. They were reportedly trying to get that third pick as well. They could have if they would have just lost to Ron. they would have they would have had it like it would have been ours we could have had whoever we wanted but no i mean to be fair also ron basically gave that game away um 
Like it would have been impossible to lose that game without trying to lose and without making it obvious we were trying to lose. Yeah, like the Eagles. Yes, like the Eagles did. We would have had to do that. Yeah, Washington was playing terribly with Dwayne Haskins starting, and then Taylor Heineke came in and actually almost made it competitive. So yeah, that was that was going to be a tough one to lose unless you intentionally tried to lose, but. Anyway, uh, I actually kind of want to see a team do that, like the whole game, just intentionally try to lose. It would be fun to watch. <laughs> eh. like they're just like they're just like punting on first down. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> and, and snapping it over the punter's head on purpose. <laughs> well, that's how a head coach gets fired. So I don't know if that was going to happen or not. I mean, the Eagles, I guess, I guess he did get fired, but I feel like yep. the Eagles kind of did that with, uh, like I said, they were just like, you know what? Probably should lose. And then they're like, Jalen Hurts is playing too well. Get him out of there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, man. Um, but anyway, back to Patriots-Panthers. So I'm a little worried about this week. <laughs> um, so obviously the Panthers' biggest problem as far as the defense went was when the Cowboys just decided, oh, you're going to play a light defensive personnel package, so we're just going to have all tight ends and an additional offensive lineman and just run the ball down your throats. and. Uh, the Patriots can do that, and they probably will. They have John U. Smith, Hunter Henry at tight end. They got plenty of offensive linemen. I don't think their offensive line is all that bad either. Um, Damian Harris, Brandon Bolden, like their running backs aren't great, but if they uh, devote to running the football, they could definitely uh, get after Carolina. Though Shaq Thompson being back this week is definitely huge, and their defensive line being he- overall healthy is also huge. So that that I think that's going to be this is going to be a game where the, both the teams are trying to run the ball constantly. Sounds super exciting. Just like yeah, I can't week. wait. This game might be over at three o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they do have the Patriots do have Damian like uh, Damian Harris has had that had that uh, beast mode run earlier, so he's like got some some pop to him sometimes. Um, he's not explosive by any means, but he's probably he's just kind of like a frustrating running back where he just kind of like keeps not getting like, like he's one of those guys that it's just like, he keeps not getting tackled as soon as you think he is type of thing. Yeah. And like keeps on churning out like a couple extra yards. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the receivers, 
like Nelson Aguilar is in their number one between him and Jacoby Myers. I guess one of them is in their number one. So it's not like Carolina's Ooh. secondary should have any problems with that. Um, Do you think we can be the first team to allow Jacoby Myers to score a touchdown? Oh, if if there's a let the other team score a touchdown stat, yes, we can do that. Fuck. Yeah, I, you guys know the Jam- Jacoby Myers like stat. I have him in fantasy. Um, he's done, he's done, he's <laughs> awesome. done okay, but I don't think he's scored. Don't remember asking you that, but <laughs> now let me tell you. Let me tell you, Jacoby Myers is in his third NFL season. He has caught. He's been targeted 190 times and caught 130 passes and has zero career receiving touchdowns. Oh, you meant like career. I thought you meant this year. No, he's he never, never scored caught a touchdown. A wow. In his third year, 137 games, 130 catches, no touchdown pass, no touchdown catches. Fucking Cam. He's thrown two touchdowns. He's thrown that, two touchdowns. He's thrown two touchdowns and has, has caught no touchdowns. Correct. As a wide receiver. That might be my favorite stat. <laughs> that is awesome. Like, yeah, it's one thing for like Brandon Zilstra to catch his first career touchdown. Yeah, this like year, a fifth or sixth wide receiver guy. Yeah, but <laughs> no, he's like their number one. A guy with that the many catches two. and no touchdowns. Yeah, listen to his target share throughout every week of this season. Week one, he had nine targets, six catches, 44 yards. Week two, he had six targets. Week three, he had 14 targets. Week four, he had 12. Week five, he had five. Week six, he had six. And week seven, he had seven. That's weird. Nice. Uh, so week... is he going to have eight this week or nine this week? Week eight, he had nine targets. <laughs> oh, shit. But that last throw, they should have not thrown it to him. That's a lot of targets for a guy who hasn't caught a touchdown pass just this season, let alone his entire career. So that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Which means he's going to score this week. I'm hoping hell so. Or high water. It'd, be, it'd be, be great to witness it live. Be great for my fantasy team too. He's probably going to score three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, he's going to make up for all those missed. <laughs> he's going to score every touchdown they score. It, he's got like the 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 kink in the hose, and it just like we like yes. unleash it. He's going to score three <laughs> touchdowns this week, and like he's just going to he can't. I'm going to be tuning into like red zone and next week, and like Jacoby Myers just can't stop scoring touchdowns. <laughs> he's going to turn into prime Randy Moss. <laughs> <laughs> Jacoby Myers has eight touchdowns in the past two weeks. Phil Snow, if you're listening, you need to have Stephon Gilmore on Jacoby Myers at all times. <laughs> I mean, he probably should anyway. He's probably their best wide receiver. I think Aguilar is a more threatening athlete, though. Uh, yeah, but he can't catch. Yeah, that, yeah, that was nah. his uh, his knock in Philadelphia. <laughs> the receiver I, that can't receive, yes. My favorite thing about Nelson Aguilar is um, he. I think it was their Super Bowl year. He got, he got the nickname, and I, I don't know if this was like – a nickname given to him across like Philadelphia Eagles fandom. But my dear friend also named Brad, who is an Eagles fan called him Snagalore all season. And the following (laughs) year he got shit on all the time for dropping passes. So, (laughs) Oh, like Snagalore, like his, he catches everything. Yeah. Cause he was doing, he was really good in their Super Bowl season. It's so much for that. Mm Mm-hmm. But I, I yeah, but based on I mean even just by like the target share you just said like I mean Jacoby Myers has sixty eight targets in eight games like that's a number he's not like a threat in terms of like a down the field threat but he's reliable and he, he does actually catch everything and uh 
is like the guy that Mac Jones kind of leans on. I mean, he was the guy that Cam Newton leaned on last year too. Like he was. You said that he's he has sixty eight targets. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Um. Mac Jones has thrown two hundred and eighty two passes. Yeah, it's almost a quarter of his pass attempts. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and n- none of them to the end zone. I know he caught one ball a couple weeks ago, and I think it was on primetime, and he got tackled at like the one. Oh, 24.1% <laughs> to be exact. Yeah. So, wow. Okay, so one out of every four throws is to that one guy, and he has zero touchdowns. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like like Bill Belichick's just like, or Josh McDaniels are just like trolling him. They're just like... They wait, once they get in the red zone, they're just like sending the the heavy package, and they're like get Jacoby off the field, tight ends, and he's just like, are you kidding me, guys? Just like once, they're like no, tight ends only, and then they just design every play to go away from him. Like they just, there's just some sort of like slight that they're like, we're just never gonna let him catch a touchdown pass. Well, it doesn't help that they have Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry on the same team. I was just as well. about to say they both they have two elite tight ends. And then... I don't know about elite, but good for sure. <laughs> they're pretty good. They're pretty good, yeah. I mean, I don't know about elite, though. Well, I think they're elite, and that's what. Well, matters. you're <laughs> wrong. So, <laughs> and they have a guy on their team named Gunnar Ozluski, and how he is not their best player, I do not know. First of all, it's Gunnar Ozluski. Sounds properly yeah. pronounced. Okay, you both said that wrong. Nope, I, I know because I'm friends with with uh, Spencer. Oh, well, I, okay. I didn't know Spencer was the name guy, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. Well, he might be He might be pronouncing it wrong, but I've heard him say it many times because it's one of his favorite players on their team for some reason. So, I don't know. That's just what I've been told. But as far as do we want to move on to defense? We got anything else to say about the offense? Jacoby Myers uh, against the Houston Texans on second and seven caught a six-yard pass. From the seven yard line. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that poor guy. It's almost like he's trying to not score. <laughs> yeah. He also had yeah, he also had an incomplete he was also targeted on fourth and one from the San Diego well, not San Diego. Uh they still have San yeah, they still have San Diego as the abbreviation of Pro Football reference. Uh the Chargers one yard line, fourth and one pass attended for Jacoby Myers incomplete. He is totally going to score a touchdown against us <laughs> someday. Like you can probably make that bet, and it's going to happen. It's gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm going to laugh if it turns out to be like a rushing touchdown. <laughs> he still isn't catching. <laughs> that would be great. Catching. Run He's a scoring. jet sweep to him. <laughs> he goes he like, like 69 yards and scores, but it's not yeah. a return to catch. Returns a punt for a touchdown. Yeah, to yeah he'll every score touchdown. a touchdown, but it won't be as a wide receiver. He's also caught two-point conversions, too, but he's never scored a touchdown. <laughs> wow. He's been he's waiting got, all this time for that touchdown ball. Still hasn't he's gotten caught, it. He's caught three two-point conversions in his career. Two, you know, two of them this I year. Were, if I were him, I would almost want to not ever score a touchdown <laughs> because then you get remembered forever as the guy that caught multiple two-point conversions through multiple wide receiver touchdown passes, but never caught a touchdown. Yeah. Like you go down in history as that guy. 
I mean, look at how much we're talking about them right now. Yeah, exactly. We've devoted a third of this podcast to <laughs> the fact that he's never scored a, a receiving touchdown. And on that note, let's talk about the Patriots defense. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think they're going to have to to work too hard considering we're going to be playing PJ Walker. Let me just Especially check the if Christian McCaffrey isn't available to play. Before I say what I want to say. Oh my God, they have a lot of people on injury. Um, well, Dante Hightower. Wait, Kyle Van Noy plays for him? What? Again, yeah, they that. brought him back. Okay. Bring him home. Well, I was going to say, um, well, now he's not even on their depth chart. Oh, no, there he is. But they have a group, pretty good group of wide, of uh, linebackers. So I think that's going to be a problem for uh, P.J. Walker. They got Matthew Judon, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy. Jamie Collins is on their team. I don't know how much he's playing. Yeah, they have Jamie Collins because we took Stephon Gilmore off their hands. Yes. We had to do that. Yeah, we helped them out. Yep. Like, for those of you listening, that's legitimate. We had – they could not sign Jamie Collins without offloading Stephon Gilmore. So, that's why they traded him to us. Yep. Like, real talk, that's why that happened. But Stephon Gilmore is going to make them pay. Um they also have Dietrich Wise, who's pretty good. And their secondary is not bad. I mean, J.C. Jackson's a guy who was who people were talking about potentially get, uh, trading for early in the offseason. Yeah, J.C. Jackson is the reason why they could afford to not give Stephon Gilmore how much money he wanted. Which is funny because uh, Jalen Mills is someone who, speaking of Eagles fans talking shit on people, uh, Eagles fans fucking hated that guy, aside from when he he mugged Julio Jones in the end zone in in their Super Bowl run. He's pretty bad there, to be fair. I mean, well, let let me ask you this. Name one guy that Eagles fans did not hate. Nick Foles. Other than Nick Foles. Nick Foles does not count. Trey Burton. I don't know. Well... Maybe. <laughs> he's going to obscure. <laughs> yeah, he's, they the probably... guy who threw, he's the guy who threw the touchdown to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, they probably hated him before that, but <laughs> they don't hate him now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Adrian Phillips, I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's a rookie. Um, oh, no, he has eight years experience. I'm thinking of somebody else. <laughs> Only I was gonna say, if only there's a way to verify this information. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll let you continue to list off players before I say what I was gonna say. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, Devin McCourty was was good like ten years ago, so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, the Patriots just as a whole are like really, really like they're very they're aggressively good at everything and not great at anything. Like. Their run defense is good. Their pass defense is good. Their run offense is good. Their pass offense is all that stuff. It's all good. None of it's great. So it's like not – there's nothing that's like this go-to, like this is what you need to watch out for. This is what you need to limit. This is what you need to – any of that stuff. It's just like they're just kind of like fine at everything. Well, that's Bill Belichick's philosophy throughout his entire career is to have a team where they can game plan specifically for that team, which apparently is a foreign concept to the other 31 teams in the NFL. Yeah, and it's just like I mean they're just like a super four and four team. Like it's very appropriate that they're four and four. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Even though they're one and four at home, which is kind of interesting. That is weird. Oh, well, then we're toast because it's the game's in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, they are undefeated on the road. Well, we're going to have a lot of Patriots fans in Carolina, so it won't really be a, a your normal away game either. Because that's what always happens to Carolina. I mean, which <laughs> I is is like annoying as that is. It, I do understand in the sense that like whenever the Panthers host AFC teams, like it's going to be a really hot ticket for the fans of that team that live anywhere nearby because they're only here once every eight years. So like if you're if you're a Patriots fan anywhere like in the Carolinas, like this is a game to go to. So it's like always going to be pretty heavy on the the opposing crowd on the AFC when the AFC teams visit. That is true. Especially if it's the Patriots. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, there aren't really any storylines. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I have another Jacoby Myers stat. <laughs> <laughs> There's one player in NFL history that has more targets without a touchdown. Oh, let me think. Hmm. There's, you're not going to know the answer to that. <laughs> but you can think all you want. I can try. Lee Evans. No. Okay. Lee Evans got that many targets? He could have. I don't know. He's a running back, so it wasn't even a wide receiver. Mo- like Everybody else on this list is a running back for the most oh, part. Great. great. No, I have no idea then. Uh, Eric Bieniemy. Wow. But he's a coach. <laughs> why do you think he's not catching touchdowns brad <laughs> yeah he's on the sideline yeah he can't score touchdowns over there um yeah he had 193 targets um and never never caught a touchdown uh jacoby myers has 190 for his career so if he goes four targets without a touchdown on sunday he will break the record for most targets without a touchdown <laughs> oh so at this God. point i kind of want him to like He's like, hey guys, like don't. He's gonna catch like his first target and break it, and then like take a knee at the one, and he's like, hey, throw me a couple more before I go in the end zone. I want to have a record to my name before you know all said and done. A record he could tell his children about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pass on in his family for generations. <laughs> the re- the rest of the names on there are just like people who played for a long time and were not good pass catchers that just kind of accrued targets. Like running backs like Isaiah Crowell, Cedric Benson, uh, Joyk Bell. Which is Justin odd Forsett. because if they can't catch, why would you keep throwing it to them? <laughs> Just like, well, it's like I, I, yeah, I don't know, Chuba Hubbard, you know, why, why do we <laughs> keep throwing it to Chuba Hubbard? Well, it's funny because it's like, like, uh, like I'm looking at like Eric Bienemy's one and it's just like he's got, he had 206 targets in, or 193 targets in 142 games. So it's like they weren't throwing him the ball often. He just played enough games. Yeah, well, yeah, he played in an era <laughs> back when you didn't really throw as much as you they throw now. Yeah, and you definitely didn't throw to your running backs. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was. There's one other name. So I said I did this search by players with at least 150 career targets and less and one touchdown or fewer. Uh, there is one other. There's one current Panther on the list. What position do they play? Wide receiver. What what year range? Like, did they play for the Panthers? 
Yeah, when did they now. play for the Panthers? Oh, they play for the Panthers now. They're on the Panthers currently. Robbie Anderson. They're currently on the Panthers. No. No, he's got more than one touchdown. <laughs> Um, they have one at, touchdown catch on a Oh, you mean career, career not this not this year. Keith Kirkwood? Yeah. 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 Not Keith Kirkwood. No, it's not it's it's, it's not Keith Kirkwood. Brandon Zilstra. Nope. Uh, mm. trying to remember who all um Erickson. <laughs> yes, it's Alex Erickson. I didn't the, realize the, he, yeah. he had that he was targeted that many times. Yeah, Damn. he had like a couple seasons with the Bengals where they were like not good oh, and true. like people got hurt and he we got like he had one year in 2019. He had 78 targets. Like they kind of ran through their receiver depth, and he got some consistent playing time. He's actually pretty decent, especially as a fifth or sixth wide receiver and a punt returner. Mm-hmm. Like I, I actually like what I've seen out of him. I yeah. will give I will give this Carolina coaching staff credit based on the many years we spent arguing over Bre- uh, Brenton Burson and whatever other receiver that they had in the fifth and sixth spots. They seem to find those fifth and sixth receivers who can actually contribute quite a bit. Zilstra, Kirkwood, Erickson, like it's refreshing. I like it. It seems like they, it, it feels like they just kind of value that depth more because even when we like we had really bad receivers, but it felt like we could get better receivers, and then we never really cared to try to like rotate our receivers. I remember for a long time in the early like Ron Rivera era, like three receivers would even like get on the field. Mm-hmm. Like they, the four, like the fourth wide receiver would have like 10 snaps all season. Yeah. Their default formation was, they weren't hurt was three receivers, two tight ends. Cause Olsen was basically a wide receiver. So yeah, that makes sense. But they would never, and they would never rotate them though. Like yeah. I, I'll have to look, I can look up the snap counts, but it was like, uh, like Steve Smith and like Nane would play every single snap. And that was, and like, so whoever was like the fourth and fifth guy wouldn't even like get a couple routes in to like spell them. I fully remember that because there were CSR commenters being like, why isn't this guy getting more playing time? Or why isn't this guy getting catches? Mm-hmm. Like, because they're not taking the field. They only play these three wide receivers. What do you not understand about this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. Unless that was, somebody gets hurt, those was... are the three guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't miss that at all. It's nice being able to be like, I don't know who that receiver is, but they made a nice catch. Oh, it's so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, why don't we get into our scoring predictions? Um, uh, oh, yeah. No. This Just to like as an example, I just grabbed a right. I grabbed a one good year. I grabbed 2013. Uh, yep. Steve Smith had 110 targets. Greg Olson had 111. So he's like the wide receiver. But the, of the wide receivers, uh, Steve Smith had 110 targets. Brandon LaFell had 85 targets. Ted Ginn had 68 targets. And then the number four wide receiver was Dominic Hickson had nine targets God for the whole damn. year. And then Armani. And one of those was a game winning catch against the Saints. I will say, yeah. I, I do know that Hickson <laughs> did play a significant amount, but I don't think they ever really threw the ball at him that much. Well, clearly they only threw it nine times. So. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, scoring predictions. Um, uh, I'll let I'll let okay. Brad go first while you're getting off your spreadsheets, John. <laughs> no, I got uh, it. I actually have a table in front of me right now. I I have no idea how to predict this game, and I actually don't remember what I 
wrote, and I would like to be consistent with that. So give me just a second. <laughs> All right, and... I'll pick. Well, to, well, to stall, I'll say Patriots nineteen, Panthers uh, thirteen. Okay, I actually that's almost what I was going to say. I twenty to thirteen Patriots. I was I read your article. Oh well, yeah. Thank you. No, I no, was, no, <laughs> that was my own my own unique thought, my own individual thought. Mine is Patriots seventeen, Panthers ten. Yeah, I think it's going to be a seven point game, and it's going to be close, low scoring, because both of these teams are going to struggle and. I mean, this is going to probably be one of the fastest, least enjoyable games we watch all year. I I think that so my the other thing that we sh- I didn't even think of this, but so if Christian McCaffrey plays, I think DJ Moore is going to catch like twelve passes. Um, if McCaffrey doesn't play, I don't think I think DJ Moore sees a very significant presence on stopping him. So PJ Walker's going to have to find somebody else to throw to. And that's going to be the issue because Robbie Anderson can't catch a fucking cold and the rest of their receivers aren't great right now. That's that's where Just my prediction like comes a from. FYI, uh, the one game that PJ Walker started last year, DJ Moore had uh, seven catches for 127 yards. Well, yeah. That's what, Dar- that's what Darnold's been doing too. Just key in on DJ Moore because DJ Moore's great. He's fucking fantastic. Should have paid him. Fuck. But anyway, uh, any other lasting thoughts? Anything else we want to bring up? I'm all set. Yep. All right. Well, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian joined by Brad and John as always. We'll have something for you next week following the Patriots game. Maybe the Panthers will win and we'll be a little more optimistic, but... (laughs) Stay yeah, safe. I don't know about I mean, that. Just the Falcons <laughs> and we're over here like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you never know with this Panther squad. So stay safe, stay healthy, stay tuned. Enjoy. See you. Later. All right. <laughs>